Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. I'm going to have a conversation with you about a conversation that I've had with God. And I'm going to talk to you about some things that are going to demand for you to have an open heart and an open mind. Because if you don't, some of you are not going to hear clearly. You see, we don't hear things how they are. We hear things how we are. We don't hear things the way they are. We hear things the way we are. I don't hear what my wife says. I hear what my wife says through my filter. We live in a world right now where there's a lot of stuff happening. And as a spiritual leader, I have to address it. I said, as a spiritual leader, I have to address it. There's some people that aren't going to like it. None of you. But there's some people that aren't going to like it because it doesn't fit. And we're going to talk about that for just a second. So I've asked God, God, help me. I'm a thought leader. Like in the business world, that's what I get paid for. Coaching people. Help them think better about what they're thinking. Help them think about what they're not thinking about. That's that's how I make my primary living, by doing that. But then as a spiritual leader in this house, as a pastor, there are just some times where I speak as a spiritual leader, but also speak as a spiritual father. And it doesn't mean I'm right. Listen, my kids are my kids. That'll never change. I'll always be their father. It doesn't mean everything I've said to them was the way it needed to be said, or it was, or it was maybe even the, the thing that they needed to hear. But as a father, I needed to say it. So I come to you today, and in the beginning, up front, I ask for your mercy. But more than that, I ask for your openness. But more than that, I ask that somehow, some way, that we can just put a kingdom mindset on in this season of our life and we can get down the road, come on, in Jesus' name. Amen? So I hope it helps you. Look at somebody and say, get ready. God's going to speak to it. So when my kids were small, uh, smaller, uh, I would use what I call the hat example. And so the hat example was, hey, I'm going to take my dad hat off right now, and I'm going to put my leadership hat on. And, or I'm going to take my leadership hat off and I'm going to put my coaching hat on because I want to coach you for a second. One of the reasons, Alvin, that I almost ruined Joshua uh, and he be, almost became ad- averse to uh, playing sports was because every time we went out to shoot, I would try to coach him. Because in my mind, I thought, well, that's, that's what he wants. I thought, so in my mind, that's what I think. Sometimes I think that's what you want. Like you need a little help. You know, so you come to the house of God, not just to check the church box, but maybe for God to help you and give you a word through somebody who's anointed to give you a word through. So sometimes I was wrong and he didn't want help. He just wanted to go out there and shoot. I thought, why would anybody just want to go shoot? I never went just to shoot baskets. I went to win. I went to learn. I went and Josh just, that wasn't like part of his wiring. He just wanted to shoot. I go, listen, let's work on your right hand. Let's work on your left hand. Let's work on your ball handling skills. And you know, one time we went to Bahamas, and again, I was still in my coaching mode, even in the Bahamas. We were having fun. But I said, let's go play basketball. Okay. So anyway, I was like dunking on him. And so I said, who's your daddy now? And so anyway, he was like, <laughs> I realized, like, that, that, that isn't working. Like, that's not challenging him. 
Like I thought, if I dunk on him, he'll want to dunk on me. But th that didn't happen. He wanted to stop playing. So anyway, <laughs> I'm joking. But, but my point in saying this to you, I want you to really hear me. I want to talk to the ladies just for a second. Every woman here is a daughter of somebody, whether you knew your parents or, or not. You'll always be a daughter. So there's a daughter hat. If, 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 you, if you didn't even know who your parents were, here's an immutable fact. You're a daughter of God. So that'll never change. Every woman here, um, if you had siblings, you're a sister. That's another kind of hat. Um, and you have to learn how to navigate, and negotiate, and mitigate, and terminate sometimes. Uh, <laughs> um, every, every woman that's here, um, if you've ever been any guy's girlfriend, that's a different kind of hat. You're not their sister. You're, you're not just their friend, you're their girlfriend. Then every woman here that's ever been married, that's a different kind of hat than being a daughter or a friend of another girl. It's like, there's all these different kind of hats. So I just want to explain, because we don't think about this, but we all wear different hats. Um, every woman here uh, that's become a mother, there's a mother hat. It's different than being a wife hat. Um, uh, every, every woman that has the privilege of becoming a grandmother, grandmother hat looks way different. And Sheila and I are enjoying this season very much because we get to wear a grandparent hat and we are always right and we're always happy and we don't discipline. And it's just like, why couldn't parenting be this way? Where, you know, you see them when you want to see them, then you dismiss them to the people. And uh, so anyway, that's a different kind of hat. And all the grandparents said, amen. It's a beautiful thing. Don't give up if you're a parent. <laughs> if they'll give you grandkids, you'll be able to be like you wanted to be with them, but you weren't able to because you had to correct their little. Anyway, so... So I'm just trying to explain to you, if you're a woman in the, in the marketplace, if you work, that's a different kind of hat than being a wife hat, girlfriend hat, daughter hat, mother hat. If you own your own business. Oh, by the way, did you know that the first female millionaire in 1920 was a black American who uh, became a millionaire by selling hair products and she lived on the plantation that her parents were slaves on. Welcome to America. I said, welcome to America. I think that's wonderful. First female millionaire in America was a black woman that took what she'd been through and used it for her personal growth and development. First billionaire woman in the United States was a black woman. I bet you don't know her name. It rides with Popa. Anyway. So... Again, ladies, you wear different hats, you understand that. So today, I'm taking my pastor hat off. I promise I'll come back someday. But I've got to have on my spiritual leader hat, and I've got to go between a spiritual leader hat and a spiritual father hat today. And I want you to hear me on that basis. And please, if you can, do not judge me based on where you are. Judge me based on maybe being able to help you as a spiritual leader in your life, because we're not seeing much, much spiritual leadership in the United States of America right now. I'm just telling you, we're not. So I'm gonna do that today, all right? So if I have your permission and you're on the right airlines, please say amen. amen. Give me an opportunity to speak into your life. Okay, so here we go. Kingdom mindset. Um, we've been talking about coming home to the kingdom. We're in our, our, our homecoming series. And Matthew 4, 17, uh, Jesus said from the time 
this time Jesus began to say, in other words, after he was baptized, he was beginning his public ministry. First thing he said was repent. We talked a little bit about this last week, but let me just, let me be redundant for a minute. What does repentance mean? It means change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Is this hard for anybody? Let me just see your hands. Okay, if you don't have your hand raised, you're delusional because this is very difficult. It doesn't matter, especially, if, by the way, the longer you've been a Christian, it's more difficult because you think you know. And you think, you, oh, this is how it's supposed to be and this is how church is supposed to be and this is how it looks when God moves. No, when God moves in your heart, that's how it looks. So, a lot of people want the church to be something that they're, it's not happening in their own heart and it's not happening in their own home. If you want more of anything in a church, including our church, make sure that's happening in your heart and in your home. Don't expect it to happen here if it's not. So, enough said. Repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins. Here's what he was saying with this one word, repent. Live your life in a way that proves your, your, your uh, way of thinking is changing. Live your life in that way. Seek God's purpose for your life. Wow, that's all in the word repent. This is the amplified version. But the kingdom of God is within your grasp. The kingdom of God, let me, let me, let me add an amplification to that. The, king, the part of the kingdom that has your name on it is within your grasp. There's a part of the kingdom of God that has craft on it. Everybody in my downline, everybody in my sphere of influence, my family of choice, all my staff, they, they are the beneficiaries of the part of the kingdom that has my name on it. And so too are the people in your life. They will be the beneficiaries of the part of the kingdom that's yours that you get, all right? So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within your grasp, but watch this. Even though it's within your reach, you'll never reach it if you don't change your thinking. God bless you. If you don't change your thinking. So we say around here, elevate your thinking. Come on, help me. And you elevate your life because it's biblical. It's the word of God. So with that said, a kingdom mindset. Let's look at it again. Let me be redundant for a second because we need to get this. The kingdom of God means the rule of God. That's what this book is for. It teaches you how to live your life. It teaches you how to run your business. It teaches you how to make marriage work, which is impossible. I don't know how anybody stays married that does not have a kingdom mindset. I'm just telling you, it is very difficult. This deal right here is very difficult. Would you say amen, Sheila? It is very difficult. It is very, you know why? Because I'm in it. It's very difficult. I'm not an easy person. How many of y'all, you're the one in your relationship that's not easy. Let me just see your hands. Thank you for your honesty. And now's a good time to look at that person and say, thank you so much for your mercy. You're amazing. So the rule of God, that's the kingdom. I want the rule of God in my marriage. Come on. I want the rule of God in my business. I want the rule of God in my finances. I want the rule of God in my life. That's the kingdom. All right. Mindset. Here we go. We're going to dive in. A focused mental attitude. In other words, inside. Your mindset is inside. You can't see it yet. Disposition by design or by default that predetermines or decides. Listen now. In advance, a person's responses to and interpretations of situations. Now, let me give you some revelation about your mindset. Neuroscientists, psychologists, people who study the mind have discovered this truth. From zero to seven years of age, 
you're in a subconscious mindset. So you say, what does that mean? What that means is you take your cues from everybody. You take your cues from your environment. You take your cues from the tonality of your parents or the tonality of those that are raising you. You take your cues attitudinally from your parents. And as you observe in your little zero to seven mind, oh, that's how it works. So that's what's going on. Oh, that's how. Oh, what was that? Somebody raised their voice. Oh, and subconsciously it goes into their little mind. So until you are seven, watch this, you live on the sub, subset side, if you will, of your thinking at about seven that changes and then your consciousness takes over but here's the problem your subconscious is already set based on your environment your parents what you what, what's been poured into you whether you're in church not in church somebody say oh you know i don't really feel like going to church we're good people that means your child is left to your mindset so now here's the problem the problem is some people get stuck before seven. They get stuck with being governed by the autoness, my word, the autoness or the auto mode or the default side of their thinking, which is their subconscious. Now your subconscious, as you grow and mature, should be being elevated because of your consciousness. So when I make a conscious decision, then it helps my subconscious along so that when my mind goes into auto mode, which for a lot of people is all the time, they're not thinking by design, they're thinking by default. So something bad happens. Why do I have an anger, anger situation? Why, why am I getting angry? Because you have an auto preset in your subconscious based on how you were raised up until the time you were seven. Is this helping anybody at this time yet? Okay, listen very carefully. So your mindset is so important and you must take responsibility for your mindset at seven. If you don't, you will be governed by thinking by default and by design and you will be a sub-person in a conscious world. So again, put it back up there, please. Kingdom, it's the rule of God. It's the will, the way, the purposes of God. Mindset is a focused mental attitude, either by default or by design, whatever I'm focusing on what, after seven, then I handle my anger by default or by design. I handle the things that upset me and disturb me by default or by design. And I go through my life and some people can't figure out how to get over stuff because they're stuck. And let me tell you why you get stuck. Because you don't realize how powerful your conscious mind is. You don't realize that the greatest power you have is to make a conscious decision. If I'm walking this way, if I'm angry about something, whatever this way looks like, I decide to turn around and walk a different way. That's what Jesus was saying. Repent, change your direction by changing your mind and then align your behaviors, your attitudes and everything else. Live in such a way that your attitudes, your behaviors and everything else proves your change of mind. Now, how many of you, be honest, how many of you, it's hard for you, change is hard for you. Let me just see your hands, okay? Now, that's real, right? Why is change so hard for us? Because it's easier just to live by default. And so change, any change, positive change, requires for me to have a change in my mindset and requires for me to do something differently because like Albert Einstein said, 
If you keep doing what you've always done and you're expecting different results, you are... Boy, y'all know a lot about Albert Einstein. Never forget that. That's why Elevate Life Church is about loving, learning, and leading. We always want to get you into an environment where you have a chance for your life to change for the better. Today is one of those days. Come on, put an amen on that. All right, so a kingdom mindset then, watch this now, and this is our direction today, is a focused mental attitude or disposition that is ruled by God. Okay, God, I give you my mind. Everybody just put your hand on your head right now. Just say, God, I give you my mind today. Don't let the way I've been thinking about the past Come on, say it. Don't let the way I've been thinking about the past influence what you want to do in my life in the future. Let's do one more thing. Put your hand up. Come on. Do it. Play along. I reject a part of my mindset that's holding me back. Spencer, you know where that started for me? And I say this with all due respect to my parents. I had to decide the part of the craft way that was holding me back. So this little person on the front, her name's Vicky. Vicky's, Vicky's a pastor here. And you know what? Vicky had the most wonderful father. He was, he, she was like the apple of his eye. He gave her everything pretty much she wanted. And he, <laughs> hey, hey, so watch this. So she goes into life and she finds Buddy. And she compares her wonderful father that most of you did not have. She compares Buddy to her wonderful father. And so she lives, I'm speaking for her now, in a state of disappointment. <laughs> no, it's true. Oh, just listen, I'm helping your mindset. Okay. She lives in a state of unrealistic expectations that Buddy's supposed to treat her like her daddy did. Now listen very carefully. What's wrong with that kind of thinking is the reason that God gave her a daddy like that was because she was supposed to bring the health of that to her marriage. If she expects Buddy to be like her dad, or conversely, if it was true, if she, if she projects that expectation of what good happened in her life on Buddy, they will never have a good marriage. And so a lot of people in their life look at the good and look at the bad. I gave you a good example. But Vicki has a great responsibility to have a good attitude. She has a great responsibility to be the brightest person in the room. She has the greatest responsibility of making other people feel special. Why? Because unlike most of us, she had a father who poured that into her. Not so Vicki could expect that from everybody else, but so Vicki could bring that everywhere she goes. That's a mindset. Buddy, you're welcome. Now, and I'm just telling you, most people don't have that revelation, Vicki. Both bad and good, they take their cues off of what bad and good has happened in their life, and then they can't figure out why it doesn't work. They can't figure out why they're never satisfied. Anything that good that has ever happened to you from a mindset perspective that you felt this was a good thing, it now becomes your responsibility to bring that to the world not to expect that from the world. This is what people don't understand. They have a lot of great things that happen to them and then they expect all great things to happen. No, listen, if you've, ble if you've been blessed by God, it's so that you can be, boy, y'all are well taught. Okay, I hope you get that. 
not to project your expectations positively or negatively on somebody else. I'm dealing with mindsets. So a kingdom mindset is based on God's perspective. It's based on his governance. It's based on his will, his purposes, his plans. So the mindset that you have will determine the future you get. So that's why we need to have a kingdom mindset. So here we go. Here we go. Y'all ready? Here we go. Here we go. You need to have a kingdom mindset like we talked about last week because your mindset determines your ideology. What is an ideology? Ideology is a set of beliefs that you have, ideas or ideals that you have, values that you have, whether it's by default or by design, that direct your goals in life. Now, watch this. Put that definition up there. Thank you. So I want you to understand something. Everybody has an ideology. You have, you have a way that you think marriage should be because here's reality, here's the ideal. I taught on this the first week. And our expectations are set somewhere between what the ideal is and what the reality is. So all of us live ideally. We actually have a self-ideal that, that we live with. And therefore, we project our self-ideal, by the way, that we have a hard time living up to on other people because ideally that's how they should be, even though we're not being that way. So in my marriage, I don't bring who I am ideally based on what Sheila thinks or doesn't think. I have the ideal of what I want our marriage to be and that's what I fight for. I don't expect her to fight the same way because it's, it's not the same ideal. Wait, isn't marriage 50-50? Never. If you've ever been married, you know what I'm saying. It ain't 50-50. You know what it is? It's you clarifying your values and your ideals with another person. And they're both with a triangle seeking to be your best for God. So I hope that makes sense. So we all have ideologies. We all have, ideally, I'd like my marriage to look like this. Ideally, I would like my life to look like this. Ideally, I would like my finances to look like this. Are y'all with me? Come on. Ideally, I would like, you know, and this is where people struggle as they get older. I'm, I'm 60. I should have been further down the road. Based on what? based on your ideals. And so thus, disappointment, frustration. And by the way, the last thing that happens before divorce, if you've ever been divorced, no condemnation, it's a miracle anybody makes it in marriage. If you do not know God, I'm just telling you, you don't have a chance. You might make it, I mean, it, you might make it. But if it's a God thing, you better do it God's way or it's just not gonna work. Because right. it's impossible. Living with this woman, her name's Precious, my name's Keith. That just says it. There's no way we're going to make it if we don't have a God focus, a kingdom mindset. There's no way I'm going to have a good relationship with my kids just because we go along to get along. It's got to be a kingdom mindset. So if you got that, say, I got that. So our, our, we need to have a kingdom mindset because it shapes our ideology. We base our ideals on the word of God. Somebody put an amen on that. Then your ideology determines your narrative. What is a narrative? Let's look. You hear a lot about narratives. A story that connects and explains a carefully selected set of supposedly, everybody say supposedly, true events, experiences, or the like intended to support a particular viewpoint or thesis. So there's a lot of narratives happening in the United States right now. Everybody listen very carefully to what I'm saying. I have now officially 
put on my spiritual leader and, and spiritual father hat. I'm not asking for you to agree with me. I've talked to God about this, and I'm going to tell you what I believe I should tell you. You don't have to receive it, but would you please be open? And everybody said, just be open. We've got a, pro- a lot of problems in our country right now. And I want to say something to all the white people, the black people, and all the other colors that don't seem to be recognized right now. <laughs> Sorry, Hispanic people. Sorry, Asian people. You're taking a back seat because we have a black-white problem in this country. <laughs> Truthfully. By the way, let me say something. Racism isn't black or white. Racism is black and racism is white. And racism is racism with all people, with all colors of people. And everybody said, come on, amen. All right. So, so, so listen, listen to what I want to tell you. We're way beyond, and I've said this, I want to say it again. We're way beyond Republican and Democrat. I want to say this profoundly to you. If you want to, if you want a Republican in the White House, do not vote for Donald Trump. He was a Democrat for way more years than he was Republican. Supported Hillary Clinton. If you want a Republican, do not vote for him. If you're a Democrat, please, for God's sake, do not vote for Joe Biden because he ain't a Democrat either. You see, what you've got now is you've got ideologies. You've got a whole lot of mixture that's not just not Republican, just not Democrat. We're way beyond that. We're way beyond conservative and liberal. Well, I'm just a conservative. Well, good for you. Well, I'm just, a, you know, I'm just more liberal. Good. That's great. Glad you put yourself in that box. We're way beyond black and white. Y'all listen to me. We're way beyond that. What we're dealing with is ideologies that now have narratives. What's a narrative? Put it back up there. Uh, a narrative, no, put the definition of narrative, please. I'm sorry. A story that connects, listen, or explains a carefully selected set of supposedly true events, experiences, or the like intended to support a particular viewpoint or thesis. So have you ever had somebody say something about you that wasn't true? Let me just see your hands. Or at least in your mind, it wasn't true. That's called a narrative. That's based on somebody's ideal of what you weren't or were to them. And so they have a narrative now about you. Okay? I've had this my whole life because I've been on the stage my whole life. I've been a leader my whole life. So people come and go in our church. And it's okay. Listen, we bless you. We bless you. Some people for a reason, some people for sin, some people for a lifetime. So, so, so whatever, listen, whatever reason you came, we embrace it. But listen, if you're looking for a black church, this ain't it. If you're looking for a white church, this ain't it. If you're looking for a politically correct church, I am not your boy. I promise you that. I'm not him. I'm not him. So if you're looking, if, if you're looking for a pastor that's going to kind of shrink when tough times happen, I'm just not that guy. You're going to love me or you're going to hate me. But I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to try to give you my viewpoint. I'm going to try to point you to the kingdom. And in the process, with God's help, I've asked people to pray for me. I, I've, I've asked God to help me say what you want me to say. Because the narratives now that we have in this world based on these ideologies are messing a lot of people up. Okay, here we go. 
I need some water before I start this. Some of y'all are going to need a drink after this. <laughs> but I'm going to take a drink before this. And to all the people who heard it the first service and you're online and you were negative the first time, get ready. Because here it comes. All right. This is the conversation I had with God. And what I've written is based on that. We live in a society where you may or may not realize it, but narratives based on ideologies are governing our news, our politics, activist organizations like Black Lives Matter movement. Now I wanna stop and pause right here and say, I love black people, all black lives matter to me. I have, was an athlete. I played with more black people than I played with white people because I lived in Louisiana. I dunked on more black people than I dunked on white people because they were the ones to dunk on, not because I don't like black people, but because that's who I played against. They were shocked that a white boy could jump over their head and dunk with my elbow in the rim. Sorry for the humble brag, but I need to tell you, it had nothing to do with the color of their skin when I'm sitting there with a basketball going, hey, I know, you know, you, I, know, I know you don't realize about what's about to happen right now, but I'm fixing to dunk on you. And sometimes I use a, you know, anyway, sweet word. And so, so, so they would say, come on, bring it, man. Come on, bring it. All right, here we go. And wham, and it's like, okay. So that's my humble brag. Okay, so, so, so listen, when I say what, I've, what I'm about to say, Based on your narrative, you can call me a racist. Based on your narrative, you can say, I don't understand. By the way, there's some things I'll never understand. So I'm not pretending to understand. I'm pretending, not pretending, I'm desiring to give you a biblical kingdom mindset and to straighten out some narratives that I believe are wrong. These people are not just buying into a narrative that have been told to them by their ancestors, but by ideologies that they've adopted for their own lives to make sense. Again, many of these movements, like the Black Lives Matter movement, are societal deconstructionist. They truly believe, they truly believe that America was founded on slavery. Many of these ideologies believe that our country was founded in 1619, the first year slaves came to our country. The only problem with that narrative is we weren't a country. So yes, slaves were brought to this, con this, this continent in 1619, but that was not America. So people say with this narrative, 1776 is not our day of independence. We don't celebrate July 4th because of our narrative. But the founding of our country was indeed 1776. No matter what your narrative is, it doesn't discount the fact that slaves came to what is now our country in 1619. Our country and constitution was and is systemically and systematically taken from the teachings of Aristotle, Plato, Descartes, Aquinas, Locke, 
and from societies that were the greatest societies in the history of the world based on both philosophy and religion that came from places like Athens and Jerusalem and the Jews, which is where we get Judeo-Christianity from. The foundation of our political system and form of government, the establishment of America, the United States of America, and the Constitution, which is the greatest document that has ever been written besides the Word of God, was shaped by people like Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John and Samuel Adams, and John Hancock. Thomas Jefferson, who authored the Constitution, based it on the best practices in the history of the world. He said our constitution is comprised of laws of nature and nature's God. One year after the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, one year in 1777, Vermont was the first state to abolish slavery. The leaders of that state said they were inspired by the Declaration of Independence. They abolished slavery. They were inspired to be abolitionists. Now again, slavery did not start in America. Slavery was happening thousands of years before America was ever established. It was a way of life for people. It doesn't mean it was a right way. It was just a way of life. So, this form of government would choose as a part of its establishment to get rid of the sin of slavery that again had been around for thousands of years before America was established, before Jesus Christ walked the earth. So our country was founded and there was a constitutional convention in 1787 and George Washington said this 12 years after our country was founded. No new slaves at all. No slavery in the Northwest Territory. In the Constitution, you can read it for yourself. There was a 20-year moratorium on the slave trade. To the southern states, here's what he said. You've got 20 years to fix it. Then in the early 1790s, Thomas Jefferson, who would later become our third president, introduced a bill into the Virginia House of Commons that said this, slavery is an awful practice. I want to get rid of it. Here's the problem. He was a slave owner. You don't indict him for that. You say, you know what? You had gone the way of the world, not a kingdom mindset, and he stands up, still a slave owner, and says, I don't believe in it anymore. I want to abolish it based on our constitution. You're not going to hear this in schools. The problem was, in being a slave owner, he had to argue for the moral good of society. In the 1790s, in a 10-year period, in just one decade, every single northern state of the United States, the newly formed United States, abolished slavery. Thomas Jefferson, on his first day that he was legally able to as president of the United States, abolished the incoming of any new slaves into the United States of America just 20 years into our founding. Slavery was not an American problem. Slavery was a human problem that was happening all over the world. And by the way, some of the primary slave traders were black people selling black people. That's what you won't hear about either. 
So in just one decade, every single northern state abolished slavery. America is not a perfect country. There have been many ideologies, many narratives, many stories, and a bloody civil war. Listen very carefully now. There is no other country that has sacrificed so much. Brother against brother, father against father, north against south, to accomplish in a short history what pastors and churches and kingdom-minded people were advocating all along the abolition of slavery. Thaddeus Stevens was inspired by a pastor to go to Congress and say, slavery is anti-American. Abraham Lincoln, my boyhood hero, our 16th president, wrote the Emancipation Proclamation and was willing to die. His belief was that America was a place where all men were created equal, and that meant that all men needed to be free. Frederick Douglass, a former slave, an American social reformer, an abolitionist, an orator, a writer, a statesman said, we need to abolish slavery. Why? Because I'm so inspired, watch this now, by the Declaration of Independence. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, in his great I Have the Dream speech, I have come here to cash in the check of the promissory note of the Declaration of Independence. He didn't say the document was racist. He didn't say get rid of it. He would be rolling over in his grave with some of the narratives that there are in this country right now. He said this document, and I quote, says all men are created equal. And I'm here to tell you, Congress, you need to pass the Civil Rights Act. From that moment forward, the Civil Rights Act of the 1960s, it has been a constant theme and constant progression for America. So let's quit buying into all the false narratives of how bad America is and all that's wrong with America. Let's not forget our history is based on his story. No other country in history, in the history of the world, has based their constitution, has pursued the rights of all men, all women, all races, all ethnicities, all backgrounds to live free and to be everything that God created them to be like the United States of America. I, for one, listen to me now, listen. I want to be sensitive to people's issues. I want to be an empathetic leader. I want to hurt when people hurt, and I do. I want to try to feel what people feel, although I can't. And yet, I will not, now or ever, buy into a narrative that is based on an ideology that is false and not biblical and promotes any other mindset but that besides the mindset of Christ and a kingdom mindset. <clears throat> I've said this this whole series and I want to say it again. I'm not just a pastor. If you're looking for a pastor, listen, Robert Morris is a great pastor. I can tell you a lot of pastors. Joel Osteen, my friend, is a great pastor. There's great pastors. I'm not just that. I'm not. I can't pretend just to be that. I'm a spiritual leader in a very dark world. I'm trying to lead and give a kingdom mindset. I'm not saying I'm right, but I've talked to God about this. It's like, God, I, this is going to be hard. I know it's, there's going to be pushback. People are not going to like what I say. 
But listen, I've been anointed and appointed by God not to focus on the ideologies of man and all the narratives and the stories and the identities that come with that. But I want you to understand my job is to lift up Jesus who said, I will draw all men to me. My mindset is I've got to teach the kingdom to strive to live a life, not just as a Christ follower. Listen, I don't have the privilege of just being a Christian, but to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to make his name known and to make known his way and his truth and his life and to try to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth and ultimately teach people to love God and to love themselves and to love people and never base that on the color of anybody's skin or some type of thing that people have that's, that's the root of it is hatred and humanism so I want to challenge people to be lifelong learners to lead themselves according to the word of God with a biblical worldview not a black view not a black worldview not a white worldview not an American worldview but a kingdom of God worldview that turns people's hearts to the way the truth and the life and his name is Jesus friends and those of you who wouldn't call me your friend, but I'll call you a friend. This is what Elevate Life Church is all about. This is what our family of choice is about. That's how our tribe will lead in this world. And we will spend the rest of our days loving people into lifelong transformation. And I had to say that. I want to say that. God wants you to know that. He cares about you. He loves you. He loves whatever you're going through, whatever pain you have. Listen, go ahead and be seated. If you're a parent, it's not easy to have hard conversations, is it? If you're a leader of a company, an organization, it's not easy. This is a hard conversation for me because it goes deep in me. I'm saying, God, what I see being played out, it's not a black or white thing. It's not a Republican or Democrat thing. People want to make it about that. It's not a conservative liberal thing. You can hang out on that if you want to. But man, it's an ideology. Listen, hear my heart. Hear my heart when I say this. Hear what I'm saying. People want to talk about systemic racism. Listen, racism is a real issue. I get it. It's a real issue. I understand. I don't understand what black people feel. No white person can. No white person can. It's real. But you know what's more real than systemic racism? Systemic humanism. Systemic humanism. Man's way, which is hate rather than love, which is mean rather than sweet which is me focused rather than God focused. And that's what I'm trying to say. Listen, I don't know, I don't know everything I know about this. All I know is I am striving to lead us as a family, just like I would lead my family of origin, to say, this is who we are. This is how we're gonna be. And we've always fought for all people. We've always believed for all people. We'll continue to be that kind of church, all right? But watch this. If you need somebody that will speak directly to black issues, I cannot do that. I'm not black. I can speak to a kingdom issue. I can, I can have as much empathy as I can. But listen, I don't know if you've ever had a situation, I've already kind of said this, but I want to say it again, where, where somebody said a narrative or somebody told a story about you that it was 100% true to them. It's 100% true to them. So if my wife comes to me and she's heard about something, uh, Chris, I can't go, I can't go, oh baby, I understand exactly how you feel. I got to work through my own thought process. And first of all, the first thought process, why is this a problem? Like, I don't have a problem. Why is it? So in other words, empathetically, I have to say this is, this is a problem that you have. So 
I'm not saying it's not a problem, but listen, just, just be patient with me as we work through this together because I want to be with you. I want to say to every African-American, every black person in here, I want to be with you. I want to love you. I want, I want us to be a place where, you know what, no matter what issues we face now or in the future, that somehow this Word, somehow that the Word of God overrides anything, any hurt, any pain, anything in the past, that we move forward with the Word of God. Not denying that there's a problem, I have fought so hard for Sheila. I have. You've got to fight. You've got to fight the good fight. You can't fight the wrong fight. And if you think somebody else being in the White House or somebody in government can fix racism, it's not going to happen. I'm going to give you some very bad news. There's going to be mean, hateful, negative, demonic type people for as long as the earth remains. All God needs is two of his people to come into agreement and we override those spirits. That's what I'm advocating for. All right. It's already 1238. I'm sorry I've kept you this long, but I have one more thing. Y'all are okay? I know. Listen, again, I can tell you churches where they only go for an hour. That's probably not really ever going to happen here. <laughs> Family talks take longer than that. I want to just give you, I want to give you some insight. Every one of you have a DNA. You've heard, I wrote a book about it. You have a fingerprint nobody else has to leave an imprint that nobody else can leave. You have a 1% that nobody else has. It's a deposit of God's glory. I believe it's in you to bring a part of God to the earth that only you can bring. But listen very carefully. In the 1940s, and they, science is discovering stuff that the Bible's talked about all along. The Bible says in both the book of, of uh, Deuteronomy and Ezekiel, buddy, that the sins of the father will be passed on to the third and fourth generation. A lot of people don't understand that. Like the third and fourth generation don't even know who the father was. So how did the sins of the father get passed on to the third and fourth generation? Listen very carefully. This new study since the 1940s is called epigenetics. I'm not here to make a case for it. I just want to close with helping you understand it. What is epigenetics? You're born with a certain DNA. You're, you're born with certain genes, all right? Epigenetics is what you can do, not just to alter your DNA, but to change your DNA. Let me explain it just real quickly, because this is real science. If a woman gets pregnant and she's an alcoholic, Epigenetics show us that the baby's DNA can be altered because of what the, the mother puts in her body. Does everybody agree with that? If you heard that, you know that. If a woman smokes, in other words, while that baby is in the womb, the mother's emotional condition, how she handles her stress, all of those things 
alter the DNA of a child. But it's more than that. I just wanted to explain that to you because everybody understands that. There are studies now, as recently as the last five years, in neuroscience that show mice who were trained to avoid a smell and they were shocked every time that they would smell this particular smell. It was a cherry blossom. And so what they discovered, a team at Emory State Medicine, at School of Medicine, what they discovered is that because of the fear that was instilled in a mice, a mouse, that every time they would smell this cherry blossom, they would shock the little mice. Here's what happened. Listen to this. The team looked at what was happening inside the sperm. Both the mice's offspring and their offspring were extremely sensitive to the cherry blossom and would avoid the scent even though they never experienced the shock. Their findings are providing evidence of what's called transgenerational epigenetic inheritance. That the environment can affect an individual's genetics on what cells are turned on and off. There is absolutely no doubt, they concluded, that what happens to the sperm and the egg will affect subsequent generations. Professor Marcus Pembry of the University of College of London said this, listen, the findings were highly relevant to phobias or fears, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorders and provided compelling evidence that a form of memory could be passed in the DNA. These studies are ongoing, but listen very carefully what I'm going to tell you. I've grown up in church. I've seen a lot of people repent. They ask God to forgive them, but they never change their mind. And therefore, they never align their behaviors and their life with the mind change. So here's what happens. The kingdom of God is not within their grasp and they're subject to their original DNA. You see, the truth is a kingdom mindset is a type of epigenetics that they haven't even studied yet. I'm giving it to you. Because what the Word of God, the Bible says, if any person be in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things become new. So science is catching up with what Jesus said. Now, why is it important? Listen, my little precious Sheila, you know what? She's always struggled, uh, Wally, with insecurity. She's always struggled with it and doesn't know why. And yet she overcomes it. Why? With a kingdom mindset. It's not that the insecurity, those feelings will ever go away, but she deals with those insecurities. And guess what? Our children, that is not going to be passed on to our children in the name of Jesus. So why is it important, listen, for you to raise your kids in the house of God? Zero to seven. Why is it important? 
because you want them focused on their ability to consciously make a decision that will influence their subconscious and their subconscious will work for them rather than against them because of the kingdom mindset and the word of God being on the inside of them. So what does that say to you today? It's never too late. You stop today and you say, you know what? I'm gonna quit thinking like I've been thinking. I'm going to get off of the negative side of life and get on the positive side of life. I'm going to get on the gratitude side of life. I'm going to focus on what God has for me in my future, not what's happened in the past. So watch this. I can change my DNA. One last thing. Cardio, physically, is the only thing epigenetically that awakens gray matter in your brain that's not used by studying, not used by getting smarter, but literally there is a DNA change in your brain. It only happens through cardio and the brain is awakened. And people who just do cardio, 20 to 30 minutes of cardio a day, listen to me, just three times a week, but let's go ahead and bump it up to five. If you do five times a week, just cardio, taking 20 or 30 minutes a day, epigenetically, you awaken parts of your brain and Alzheimer's, doesn't matter what's happened in your ancestry, and dementia is not gonna be in your future. Why? Because your brain is being awakened to overcome the part of your brain cells that will limit you. So come on, can we give God a hand? This is science, it's like it's a real thing. It's a real thing, but it just proves the Word of God. So watch this. You can change anything in your future, red, yellow, black, and white, if you won't focus on your past. If you focus on your past and what didn't happen and what they didn't do and how wrong this was, it's gonna not only limit your subconscious for working on your behalf, but you're gonna lead your consciousness by your own limited mindsets and keep the kingdom of God from happening in your life. As for me and my house, we're not just gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna get the part of our kingdom that has the na our name on it that God says, guess what, Keith, you change and this is what's gonna happen for you in Jesus' name. Come on. All right, that's it. That's it today. Woo! Okay, let me pray for you. God, I've asked for your wisdom. Now I pray. And everybody, as I pray, listen to this prayer. Because I'm going to pray the Word of God. Who do you say that I am? Well, some say that you're Elijah. That's a narrative. Jeremiah, that's a narrative. Some say that you're a prophet. But who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the anointed one. Everybody look up here at me. The one that has the power to bring heaven to earth. The one that has the power to bring super into our natural. The one that has the power to bring the kingdom into the earth. You are the Christ, the anointed one sent from God. And Jesus says to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven and upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here's what I want to tell you. Listen to me. Last thing. I want you to understand this as you, as you leave today. <sighs> Only Jesus 
can give you the revelation that you need for your marriage, for your business, for your money, and for your future. And that's why we need a kingdom mindset. And Jesus has to reveal it to you. So my white friends, my black friends, whatever you want to label yourself as, open up your mind and let the revelation of Jesus get you on track and move forward into your future without any thought, resistance. Let God be God. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. And make sure you get aligned in a family that believes in you, that wants the best for you, that'll fight for you. Welcome to Elevate Life Church because we are a tribe in the earth and that's what's gonna happen in the name of Jesus. Amen? Okay. Holy Spirit, seal your word. May we be the church in the midst of a world that's so desperately searching. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.